Hello everyone. Welcome to Reading Through the Bible with Elder Linda. So glad you joined me. Well, we have a, a good lesson today. Uh, but before we get started, if there's anybody new and this is your first time coming to the channel, I want to welcome you especially. And also to uh, just let you know what we do here. We're reading through the Bible. Uh, we read the scriptures together. We make sure we understand what we're reading. And then we make application to our lives. And I post a new video every Wednesday. And we started with the book of Genesis, and we finished Genesis, and now we're on Matthew, uh, going through the Matthew, because I felt we should do the Old and the New Testament. Um, so after we finish Matthew, we, we will probably, unless the Lord says different, we will probably go back to Exodus, so we can get some of our history, because you need to know both. Amen? So anyway, so glad you joined me. Um, give me a thumbs up or subscribe to the channel, uh, the YouTube channel, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, it'll uh, inform you when a new video is posted if you uh, subscribe to the channel. Uh, so I greatly appreciate that. Uh, and also, if there's any comments or questions that you have on the lesson or anything that I say that you don't understand um, or that's confusing, feel free to um, ask the question in the comment section on Facebook or on YouTube. Both of them have comment sections and I will get back with you. Uh, if it's something that I don't know the answer to, I would definitely research it because how many people know we don't know all the answers, uh, <clears throat> but the Holy Spirit knows all the answers and we can pray over it and uh, see what he uh, has for you. Amen. So, amen. Uh, last week we were on chapter 14 and we finished chapter 14. In chapter 14 of Matthew, we talked about um, how John the Baptist was beheaded. Um, we talked about... Um, how Jesus fed the 5,000, which we know was really, when you add the women and children, um, it comes to uh, uh, 10,000 or more people that he fed. So it was truly a miracle. And then we talked about, and he did that with five loaves, um, five fish, uh, hmm, five loaves of bread and two fish. I don't know why I was uh, screwed that up, but five loaves of bread and two fish he fed. Uh, over 10,000 people with that because God multiplied it, amen, with something that they already had right there in their midst. Uh, and we talked about how that um, oftentimes we want to, uh, we're looking for our answer outside of us and and oftentimes it's right there in our hand. Like he told Moses, he said, look at get the staff in your hand and he used what he had in his hand. So, um, just trust God. Just trust God no matter where you are because everything that you need is already inside you. We talked about that. Uh, we also talked about how Jesus and Peter walked on the water. Amen. But this week we're going to be in Matthew chapter 15. Might start chapter 16 of Matthew. Not sure. Just depends on how it goes. Amen. So let's just start with a word of prayer. Thank you, Father. Father, we just... We just thank you and we praise you for the newness of your life. We thank you, Lord God, that your mercies are new every morning. We thank you that today we get a fresh start. We thank you, Lord, that you're taking us from glory to glory. Father, that you're un unveiling yourself to us every day. We ask you to open our eyes and open our ears and open our heart and open our understanding that we might receive all that you have for us. Father, I thank you for everyone listening. I pray that you touch each heart for everyone that will listen. Lord, you know what the needs are. We thank you for meeting every need, no matter what the need is. We thank you for it. 
because you are the great God and nothing's too hard for you. And we give you the praise, honor, and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, so we're going to go to Matthew chapter 15, and we're going to read that from um, the King James Version. And I'm probably going to read some, I might read some out of the New Living Translation tonight, because there's some scriptures that I want to make sure we understand. <clears throat> So starting Matthew chapter 15, and we're just going to go section by section again, like we did last week. So I'm going to read verses one through 20, which is talking about when Jesus is talking about inner purity. Matthew chapter 15 from the King James Version says, Then came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do thy disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat bread. But he answered and said unto them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God by your tradition? For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and mother. And he that curseth father or mother, let him die the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or his mother, It is a gift by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by me. And honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have ye made the commandment of God none effect by your tradition. You hypocrites, well did Isaiah prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain you do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out of his mouth, this defileth a man. Then came his disciples and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Pharisees were offended? And so in other words, you, you just upset the Pharisees by saying what you said. But in verse 13, but he answered and said, every plant which my heavenly father hath not planted shall be rooted up. Let them alone. No, don't you worry about them. Um, they are blind leading, blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. And I don't know about you, but I've heard that statement for years. A blind, blind leading the blind, both fall into the ditch. Verse 15, then answered Peter and said unto him, declare unto us this parable. And he said, are you also yet without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the drought? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceedeth evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, false witness, and blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands defileth not a man. So this whole um, episode here was because the, the Pharisees, they come all the way from Jerusalem 
to to try and trick Jesus and catch him up in something. And so they want to know why your disciples don't wash their hands. This is a tradition of the elders, meaning we made these rules and they're not following the rules that we, the Pharisees, made. Not what the Bible said, but what we, the Pharisees, made. They're not following our traditions. And uh, Jesus goes on to tell them that, um, well, let's look at some of the, the notes I wrote down. I'm going to get ahead of myself. Uh, again, the scribes and Pharisees question him uh, about, about them not following traditions of washing their hands. Now, according to the Nelson Study Bible, when, when I did some research on this, the tradition of the elders was not the law of Moses. It was their oral traditions based on their interpretation of the law. So this is what the Pharisees uh, and the Sadducees had interpreted as the law. Uh, washing their hands before a meal for the Pharisees was a ceremonial event to make sure they were not defiled. So it, it had nothing to do with uh, just just washing your hands, but it was it, it had nothing to do with hygiene. It was just it was a ceremonial thing they were doing to make sure they weren't defiled. So in uh, also the NIV Study Bible said that the rabbis and the elders started making a lot of rules and regulations for the Jews after they became captives in Babylon. So during that time after the Jews were cap uh, were carried into Babylonish captivity, the uh, the Pharisees wanted to make sure that the people stuck to the Bible and they stuck to the word. So I think I told you this before, that they started off okay. The Pharisees started off with good intentions. Okay, we wanna make sure everybody stay close to the word. Don't get too far from the word. But they went overboard. In trying to keep people close to the word, they added more rules and more laws and, and, and put the people in bondage, basically, by giving them a lot, a lot of things that they, the way they interpret the law to mean. So they added a lot of rules and legalism to the word of God. They made rules interpreting the law of Moses and passed it along to the people. And this was called the, the tradition of the elders. So these are things, man-made rules that they made up. Hmm. I hope we don't have a lot of man-made rules in our churches. I, and I'm going to leave that alone because oftentimes uh, we get super religious and then we come up with all kinds of rules that's not in the Bible. Um, God didn't say uh, we couldn't do this, we couldn't do that, or uh, that's a man-made rule. That's something that you decided um, that you want to uh, put on your people and, and, and legalize this and make it one of your laws. So just be careful of that. Be careful of making a lot of man-made rules. Uh, if God's not telling you to say that, or if he if it's not in the scripture, you know, don't put a lot of heavy burdens on the people that are not of God just to make them look religious. Because, you know, a lot of times people can follow all your rules and in their heart, it's not there. So they follow all the rules on the outside and the inside, there's no change made. So uh, rules are not always the best way to to bring your people in. Um, even somebody said once about catching fish that, you know, you got to catch the fish before you start cleaning it. You know, it's like as soon as somebody comes into church, you want to condemn them for the, what they got on. And, and ooh, don't you come up in here with that. Uh, love on them. When they come in, I don't care if they have on a mini skirt or if whatever they have on, you're supposed to love on them. He, Jesus said, with loving kindness have I drawn me. Draw me in first. Let them feel the love. Because once they start feeling the love, 
and they start giving their heart to Jesus, oh, they're going to get cleaned up because Jesus, you can't stay the same once you encounter the true and living God. You, you won't stay the same. So, so introduce them to the true and living God and watch how they change. They won't need you to give them a bunch of rules and regulations. Okay, so in verse uh, 3 through 9, so Jesus answers them. He asked the Pharisees with a question. He says, now how, um, so they said, how, how, how come your disciples are eating without washing their hands? And Jesus said to them, well, how, um, ask them, how do they honor the law? How do they not honor the law? Which tells them you're supposed to honor your father and mother. Because the Pharisees in verse 5, they had come up with some uh, a tradition that a person could neglect taking care of their parents if he or she was giving it to God. So you're supposed to take care of your parents. You're supposed to honor your parents. And according to the Pharisees, you can get around that. You can get around that if you tell your parents, well, the gift that I have for you is going to the church, so I can't help you. Uh, and you didn't have to help your parents, so they were just out of luck. So it was that was not the will of God, and this is what they were doing. So Jesus said, well, how, how come you are dishonoring my law by not helping your parents? Uh, verse 7, it says, Jesus, called, Jesus had called them hypocrites, and he quoted Isaiah 29, 13, where it says, draw nigh, these people draw nigh with me, to me with their mouth. Let's look at that, Isaiah 29, verse 13. In fact, I think I want to read that in the... New Living Translation. Isaiah 29, 13 and says, And so the Lord says, These people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips. Give them lip service. We're Christians. But their hearts are far from me. Oh my God, please don't let that be us. Let's, let's not have the right words to say, uh, you know, because you can learn all the Christian lingo. You can learn how to say uh, hallelujah at the right time and amen at the right time and when to clap your hands at church and when to say, go ahead, preach, pastor. You, you can do all of that and not have your heart in the right place. He said, these people say they are mine. They honor me with their lips. You can't fool God. So if you're saying something with your mouth or pretending that you're on fire and in there, you know good and well you're not there. God sees you. He sees everything. He says, but their hearts are far from me. Because remember, man looks on the outer appearance, but God looks on the heart. So, you know, just people just got to know. You got to know that God sees you. He sees everything. Don't try to... Fool him. Don't try and pull the wool over his eyes. Be honest with God. If you don't get it, you don't get it. If you don't see it, you don't see it. He prefer, he'd rather you be honest so he can uh, teach you and show you and bring you up higher than for you to pretend. Don't pretend. Never pretend. If you don't understand, you know what? I, I don't understand what you what you meant by that uh, pastor or minister or whoever is speaking. You know, once, not, I mean, you know, don't interrupt the service, but decently and in order. After church, you know, ask him to explain some things to you. Uh, because he that hungers and thirsts after righteousness shall be filled. So, so have your, your, you know, don't fake it. Have Be real. Just be real. Just be real. He said, but their hearts are far from me. And their worship and their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules 
Learn by route, R-O-T-E, which is by ha habitually re repeating something. Just keep repeating it. And, you know, and how many things do we do at church? And we don't even know why we do it. It's just what we do. It's just the way it's done. Uh, it's not a rule written in the Bible that says it, but this is the way we do it at our church. So just make sure you're doing what you do for the right reasons. Okay. That's, that's, the, that's the point I'm trying to get across. Wherever you attend service, make sure you're, you're crying out to God with all your heart and, and wanting to worship him in spirit and in truth and wanting to worship him not because you want somebody to see you or not because you're doing it uh, so, so that the pastor can pat you on the back. We don't want any of that. Have your heart sincere. And, and you can even pray that prayer that, Lord, if there's anything in me that's doing this to be seen, you deal with that, Jesus. God loves that. God loves that, that, that uh, sincerity of heart. Uh, he said of David, he was a man after my own heart. Because when David was found out from some of the awful things that he was doing, he repented. And God loves that. He says he was a man after my own heart. So to me, a man being after your own heart, because David did some awful things, would, would be that you're easily turned, that you're easily repentant, that you easily, God, fix me. I don't want to put my fingers on anybody else. Fix me, Jesus. So make sure our heart is right and that we're worshiping God uh, in spirit and in truth and in, in, a, in a right way and not with just man-made rules trying to follow the traditions of men. Amen. So let's go back to Matthew chapter 15. So yes, in verse 9, it said they worship, their worship is fake and they teach man-made rules as God's commands. Okay, verse 9 through 11, 10 through 11, Jesus teaches us, it is not what goes into a man that defiles him, but it is what comes out of his mouth. So the Pharisees were saying that the uh, disciples aren't washing their hands and they're going to be defiled and da, da, da. And Jesus said, wait a minute, you don't even know what being defiled is. What true defilement is, is what, what you say out of your mouth. is Because that shows what is in you by what comes out. There's a scripture that says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So sometimes things come out that you don't mean to come out, but that's because it's in there. It was in there. So in response to the Pharisees being offended, uh, Jesus said that Anybody that does not belong to God is going to be rooted out. So if, if you're being fake, if you're not being real, if you're not really there because God has got you there, be careful that you're that you're not rooted out. Um, because God wants a sincere heart. And then he he uh, quotes the scripture about the blind leading the blind. Both of them will fall into a ditch. Uh, don't follow people. <laughs> uh that don't know what they're talking about. You know, just uh, pray over it. Pray over it. And the Holy Spirit said he would lead us into all truth. And sometimes there's there's something about a person, you can't put your finger on it, but you know it's something not right about them. You listen to those nudges of the Holy Spirit because he's not going to lead you astray. And if there's something amiss, he's going to let you know about it. Amen? In verse 15 through 20, Jesus explains what defiles a man. So 
And he's explaining what confound. He said, what we say can defile us because it comes out of our heart, evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, slander. All these things are what defile us. So he said, you're defiled by what comes out of your mouth, by what you're allowing yourself to do, what you're allowing yourself to uh, engage in. That's what defiles you, not because you're eating with unwashed hands. Okay, so let's read uh, in verses 21 through 28. So then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. Now those are, that's a Gentile area. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil, but he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him saying, send her away for she crieth after us. So here's a, a Canaanite woman coming to him and telling him have mercy because her daughter has a demon. And I, I guess she kept, she kept crying after him and he wasn't saying anything. So his disciples got tired of her uh, whining and crying and they said, please just, just, Give her what she wants so she can just go and stop bothering us. Verse 25 says, Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord. Well, I'm sorry, verse 24. But he, when the disciples said, go ahead and urged him to go ahead and help her. Uh, verse 24 said, But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, I want you to take note of a couple things here. Jesus is saying what his mission is. He came specifically, first of all, to go to the people that had the covenant all these years, the people that have been keeping the, book, the scriptures in the Bible all these years, which are the Jews. He came for them. And notice he called them sheep, lost sheep. And there's a reason why I want you to take note of that, uh, of the house of Israel. So he calls his people sheep. Verse 25, then came she and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. Now, when I first read this, I said, oh my God, that is really rough. He's calling her a dog. And the Holy Spirit just kind of reminded me of how many times Jesus used animal terms to describe people. We just read in verse 24, he called the people of Israel sheep. Okay. Also, um, In Matthew chapter 7, verse 6, he says, don't cast your pearls before swine. He's talking about people. So he's referred to people as pigs. Uh, although Jesus' uh, task was to go first to the Jews, the lost sheep, he would later send his disciples to reach the whole world. And that's in Matthew chapter 28, 19. So keep that in mind too. But we are called the sheep of his pasture in Psalms 100 verse 3. And at the end uh, of the age in Matthew 25 verse 31 through 46, it tells that there's going to be a separation of the sheep and the goats. So still he's talking about humanity. He's talking about us. Some are going to be sheep. Some are represented as sheep. Some are represented as goats. So it's not unusual for him to call uh, a human being, an animal term. So here, uh, he said, it's not, 
is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. Verse 27. And she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. So she's really humble. She says, okay, I understand that, but I'll eat whatever. Just give me the crumbs, whatever you got. Because she knows Jesus is so powerful that even a crumb that he gives her was enough to heal her daughter. Verse 28. So then Jesus answered and said unto her, woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. In verse 29, And Jesus departed from thence and came nigh unto the Sea of Galilee and went up into a mountain and sat down there. So again, Jesus separated himself. Remember I told you how we have to find times to be with the Father, to pull away from all the noise, to quiet ourselves, to spend some quality time with the Lord. But still in verse 30, The great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others. And they cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. What a mighty God. He's still healing them. Verse 31. Inasmuch that the multitude wondered when they saw that the dumb, the dumb to speak, and the maimed to be whole, and the lame to walk, and the blind to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I will not send them away fasting lest they faint in the way. So you see the compassion of Jesus. These people have, it's been three days now. These people have been hanging out with him. They don't have any more food and Jesus wants to feed them. Verse 33. And the disciples say unto him, when should we have so much bread in the wilderness as to feel so great a multitude? Sometimes the disciples blast me. They just saw him feed 5,000 people in the chapter before when we read. They, uh, he fed 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish. And now they're, oh, well, what are we going to do? You know, how are we going to do this? You know, it seemed like they, they should have been, okay, well, he's going to do another miracle because just, we just saw one. But don't we forget that easy? We talk about the disciples forgetting, but we forget the, the things that God has done for us so easily from one battle to the next. You know, the, the last time he delivered us, we forget about that when we get into a new fire and to a new battle. Then now, oh, what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do. Think about back how he delivered you the last time. He's the same God. He can do it again and again and again. Verse 34, and Jesus said unto them, how many loaves have you? And they said, seven and a few little fishes. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and the fishes and gave thanks and break them and gave to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And this is a different uh, feeding than the, the, uh, the first one because remember the first one was 5,000. This is 4,000. Uh, 4,000 people that he's feeding. And verse 37, and they, they did all eat and were filled. And they took up of the broken meat that was left seven baskets full. Now in the 5,000 feeding, they took up 12 baskets. Remember that? And this time they took up seven baskets full. It's the two different feedings. And they that did eat were 4,000 men beside women and children. Same as the 5,000. So this was 4,000 men. Now again, now this is just an estimation. If they believed in marriage. So this is 4,000 men. So if, if at least half of those men had wives, so 
you know, say 2,000 women, which probably, all of them probably had wives, but say 2,000 of them had, uh, had wives. And then if, they, if each, each one that was married had at least one child, now this is just a, a minor estimate, uh, another 2,000. So that's uh, four, 8,000 people uh, at least that he would have had fed at that point with seven, um, with seven loaves of bread and a few fish. And he sent away the multitude and took ship and came into the coast of Magdala. Okay, so we're going to stop there. But uh, Jesus is mighty. He's the son of God. He can do whatever he wants to do. And he just fed another 4,000 with seven loaves of bread and a few fish. And everybody ate, and they took up seven basketfuls. So whatever your situation is, just remember, God got it under control. Jesus wasn't fretting. He just asked me, what you got? So, so you know, don't, and I, t I said this last week, oftentimes what we have uh, already in our hand, God can use that. He can use what you already have. Uh, sometimes we don't even know that the answer is already right there. But here again, he used what they had right there on hand. They didn't have to send the people away. And they were able to feed 4,000 plus people. Amen. So if you uh, just want to invite you to the channel, if you've never accepted Christ into your heart, please, please, please accept him today. I just heard uh, the other day, my heart just broken about hearing another one of my friends just recently lost her son. And... Um, you know, we just never know when our number is up. So just just understand that Jesus is calling you, that you need to give your life to him, that you never know when your time is up. It could be tomorrow. If tomorrow's not promised to us, it could be today. So go on my channel called Reading Through the Bible with Elder Linda. There's a playlist on that channel called The Sinner's Prayer. And it's a simple, uh, short version where it, you're explained why you need Jesus and you're actually led to Jesus on that, on that video. On that same playlist called The Sinner's Prayer is another teaching tape called Teaching About Salvation where all the scriptures are, are, are listed there and we go over the scriptures telling you about your salvation experience. Amen. Tomorrow might be too late for you. Please accept him into your heart today. Go on to my channel and review those videos and be led to Christ. Amen. Let's just close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you, Lord God, that you're the God of more than enough. Lord, I pray for all those listening, even at the sound of my voice, those that will listen to this video. Holy Spirit, we just pray, Lord God, that you cause them to know that you are sufficient, that you have everything that they need, that they lack nothing in you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for meeting every single need, no matter what it is, what, whether it's finances, whether it's health or healing. Father, we pray that you touch every heart. Lord, and we just thank you for making your word real to us on tonight, that, that, that we'd hide your word in our heart, oh God, that we might not sin against you. Make it a part of our life. Holy Spirit, we praise you, we honor you, and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, and I'll see you next week.